The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're all doing well on this cloudy, overcast Tuesday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. Boy, do we have some things to go over today <laughs> on the show. Last night was an event on the Twitter world inside of college football. We're going to talk about it. It has everything to do with Auburn's head coaching search and the guy who is the favorite to become Auburn's next head football coach. So we will get into that today. We'll also talk about the games from over the weekend because yesterday uh, didn't really get a chance to get into that. Uh, so we'll start talking about those games from over the weekend. So some big results around the SEC, around college football. There's a got, lot. We got games to talk about before we're back on the air. Yeah, that's right. We've got some games to pick for, you're right, on Thanksgiving. And we've got Auburn basketball to and talk about. one to, to Auburn fans, perhaps. Yes, we... Today's a busy show, friends, so we got to get into it, man. There's so much to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we're talking about or anything you want to talk about that maybe we haven't gotten to yet. Give us a call. Be on the line. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. And we will talk with Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC for OutKick in hour number two. Looking forward to that phone call. I imagine we're going to have some things to talk about in some capacity yes i have a feeling that's going to be a an interesting phone call with mr trey wallace so we always enjoy having him on he's he's just great and i i assume he's going to have a few things to say about what's going on around the southeastern conference but again 334-321-1390 is the number to get you through to us we'd love to hear from you let's jump into it man last night on twitter auburn fans were going nuts Ole Miss fans, we're going nuts. And the guy at the root of it all, the one and only Lane Kiffin in Oxford, Mississippi. He had the Twitter world going nuts because of what was happening. It was reported by one person, according to sources, that Lane Kiffin was going John to step Sikoloff. Yes, he was going to Lane Kiffin was going to step down from the Ole Miss job and plan on taking the Auburn job, but Auburn had not offered the job to anybody yet. So Lane Kiffin to Auburn is happening. That's what the tweet said. And everybody took it and absolutely ran with it and just just loved it, right? And everybody was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Lane Kiffin's coming to Auburn? And everybody was like, hold on, hold on, pump the brakes a little bit. This is one report. And of course, Lane Kiffin got involved with the action as well. And he retweeted it. He started tweeting and was making references. His press conference was boring as everything because he was just so clocked out. Twitter lost its mind last night, Carter. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun because you had people celebrating and then you had uh, Ole Miss fans losing their mind at a level that I don't think we've ever really seen before. I mean, there's threats of uh, 
bring your mustard bottles to the game on, on <laughs> Thursday because you're going to pelt Lane Kiffin on your own sideline. They have turned so fast. I mean, I like, just I, so fast. I don't see how this is salvageable. I really don't because this fan base is so upset, so angry, and I don't see them uh, – it would be a – PR masterstroke by by Lane Kiffin to find his way out of this and make it feasible to be Ole Miss's head coach in 2023. Yeah, and what is so interesting about this is nothing has come from Auburn, right? Auburn has been dead silent on this about everything. Well, there's no official offer out there, even though perhaps there's some rumors on some of these Auburn websites that that, that process is starting. Could be, and I think it, it should. You hope so, because for weeks we've been talking about how Auburn has to make this hire right around the Iron Bowl, right? Either Friday before, Sunday, or Monday afterwards. Like That's kind of been the timeline we're talking about here. So if Auburn is going to do that, I sure hope there's an offer in, in their hands going to somebody, because it's Tuesday. You're kind of running out of time, but that's the plan. So there's probably something going on. But the fact that we have a reporter reporting that he's going to Auburn, that he's stepping down from Ole Miss, going to Auburn, but yet they haven't made an offer to anybody, and then Lane Kiffin gets in on the fun, there and he people. retweets it and says, that's news to me. Well, and then he trolls the guy right back. Yes. And he said, and he created his own fake announcement that this guy was <laughs> leaving his, he was stepping down from his sports anchor role at his news station and going to another news st- news station and everybody thought that was funny but my favorite tweet of the night was was after his press conference yesterday which was uh, so boring we watched it you thought that was boring boring i thought it was awesome he was just so it was so much fun he put references but there was no excitement oh at all because he you was so I clocked out viewed how that went so different that's totally fine because <laughs> When when he asked them, or when when they asked him, you've been a part of so many rivalries. Like, what's special about the Egg Bowl? And he hit them with a, I don't know. Come on, <laughs> that's awesome. It is, but again, like, it just gives away to me. It's just like you obviously don't care at all at this point. He is so he doesn't care about Oxford, Mississippi, or Ole Miss, or anybody. And there. that's what I'm saying. He's done. He's over it. He may or may not care about Auburn at all. He might not. Nobody really knows about Lane Kiffin, and that's what makes him so interesting. And then you had him on Twitter last night with with the emojis, and everybody's trying to figure out what he's talking about. Well, he's reading an Egg Bowl history book, which was awesome. Which is so Posted funny. a picture of that, doing some late night reading. And it's an Egg Bowl history. Yeah. I love it. I mean, this, guy, this guy's a straight-up troll, but yet... They, they asked him what it would mean for him to win his third straight Egg Bowl in his only three tries to this point. And he said, well, maybe it'll mean that we will get a facility that doesn't leak. So is that shaded Ole Miss, or is that sort of saying, well, this if, is what I'm leaving he, you for? If he leaves, what what I think maybe if he leaves, what he is, what he is he's being truthful. He's telling you, and everybody's taking it as a joke, what's going on. Like he's telling you, the facilities here aren't what they need to be. And there's a place where I can go where they have some little bit better facilities. Well, they just unveiled a $92 million football-only facility, which puts them in a different stratosphere than, than Ole Miss. And that's, 
That's my favorite part about this, is this complete delusion that some of the Ole Miss fan base is in, that Ole Miss is a better job, and it is above Auburn, or at the very least, it's a lateral move for Lane Kiffin to leave from, from Ole Miss and go to Auburn. That could not be more false. That Auburn has more resources. They have a fan base that cares more. They have more NIL money. By a lot. Facilities. By a lot. They have better dorms by for, a for lot. their athletes. They, have, they are better in almost every single way. You can have a contract that's longer than four years. In the state of Mississippi, you cannot have a contract longer than 40 years, which is a significant limiting factor, which is why it's hilarious that Ole Miss thought that the four-year, supposedly, we don't have the exact numbers, but the implication is that it's $9.5 million per year is the offer to Lane Kiffin. The four-year, $38 million contract, it's hilarious that Ole Miss thinks that moves the needle at all. Because Auburn has the ability to go say, okay, here's 10 years, $100 million. Or, here's 10 years, $120 million. Last I checked, 10 years, $120 million is a heck of a lot more money and a heck of a lot more stability. And I think that is a significant factor in this. Look, Ole Miss fans can – you get it, right? Lane Kiffin's a great coach. He's a great coach. He is fun to, to keep up with, whether it's social media, press conferences, game day, whatever it may be. The guy is just – he's out there, right? And it's fun to keep up with. But Ole Miss fans are convinced that he's going to stay in Oxford. The, the, I just don't know. Even if he doesn't come to Auburn, Lane Kiffin is not going to coach the rest of his career in Oxford, Mississippi. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right last, now. In the last – 12 years, Auburn has won a national championship and played for another one and been to the SEC championship game another time as well. Ole Miss has never won the the division. They've never been to Atlanta. They haven't won a national championship since the sport of football was integrated. That's how long it's been. These are two completely... You are incapable of comparing these two programs. They're not in the same stratosphere. I agree. And that's why... Lane Kiffin is not only a candidate for the Auburn job, he's the lead for the Auburn job. And it is his at this point to say no how to. About, how about the the reports out there that Lane Kiffin interviewed for the job? That tells you all you need to know. As an SEC West sitting head coach, you do not interview for an, another SEC West job. You don't interview for another really probably power five job, much less in your own conference, much less in your own division. That tells you how badly Lane Kiffin wants the Auburn job, how he realizes he's up against his ceiling at Ole Miss, and now he has the chance to jump to somewhere where we don't know where Auburn's ceiling is. That's right, and we sort of have been talking about that is where Auburn, the potential for what Auburn can be with the right guy at the helm is unbelievable. And when you look at this situation for Auburn going after somebody like Lane Kiffin, we talk about all the time with recruits, when you get them here, what do you say about Auburn? Just get them here, right? If you can get them to Auburn, they will commit, they're here, and they're going to come more likely than not. I think it's the same situation with Lane Kiffin. Well, Once you now, get him here for the interview, I think you got him. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the, the interview may not be in person, all that, or it was not. I don't but know you know what I'm was. saying. Once, it, it, but once yes, the mutual interest is there, 
You can almost put he pen to paper. Job. Let's let's be honest. He he wants the Auburn job, and and I don't think that you you can deny that. If you're interviewing for another job right now in your own division, that means you want out of where you are and you want to go to this new place. You cannot tell me otherwise, because that does not happen. This is totally different than Hugh Freeze interviewing for the Auburn job. Hugh Freeze is at Liberty. That's completely different than the Ole Miss sitting head coach interviewing for the Auburn job. So, yes, I 100% agree there, but I just think that, that, that we have not seen somebody who can maximize Auburn's talent, somebody who is this good of an offensive mind because in college football, I believe Lane Kiffin is the best mind there is right now. And I think he has an ability to adapt that the likes of Gus Malzahn did not have. You've seen it from last year to this year. Last year, they were an unbelievable passing team with Matt Corral. Put up stupid numbers. And Matt Corral was almost a Heisman candidate. Almost got invited to New York. He had some injury issues down the back half of the year. And I think that's what kept him out of New York. But you had that this year. They're the best daggum rushing team that's not an academy in the country. They just put up 700 yards in a football game. They ran for 463 against Arkansas. 463. With had, Ole Miss players at Ole Miss facilities at the University of Mississippi. They had two 200-yard rushers in that game. That you know And we said that, that yesterday. That does not happen in the SEC West. That doesn't happen. It shouldn't. But Lane Kiffin did it. Imagine what he could do at Auburn. And we have talked for weeks about the different candidates, and it seems like the majority of Auburn fans, at least the ones that you see on Twitter, that we hear on the phone lines here on the show, and just all around, the majority, not all, but the majority would be happy with Lane Kiffin. And the ones that he would not be their first choice, I think the majority of that group would say, he's not my first choice, but I think I'd be okay with it. I think there is a level of drive in Lane Kiffin right now that we have not seen. And that is, he wants to be the one that takes down the Alabama dynasty. And do he it consistently. Guy. He wants to be the one that retires Nick Saban. I think that drives him. I very much think it does. I think it's a level of focus that he's never had, that he now has. And there's two schools in the SEC West that can, there's two schools in the country that can do that on a consistent basis. It's Auburn and LSU. Those are the only two that can do it, I think, that you can completely take down Alabama and knock them back to where they used to be. But playing and make, them every and, year, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You could say Georgia, but they only see them in a championship game and once every seven years with the format well, we've got right they're now. Not, they're not seeing them in the championship game this year. Exactly. But Auburn and LSU are the two programs in the country that can do what you're talking about. And that is why, to move this to a different fan base, that's why Alabama fans are having a daggum meltdown at the thought that Lane Kiffin, the guy that they loved so much as their offensive coordinator, that, that they loved his uh, Twitter antics, and they still, I still see Alabama fans tweet at him to this day. They're freaking out about him being the head coach at Auburn. This is like, if we're going to rank people that they don't want to see as Auburn's head coach, Lane Kiffin is number one. This is, he has a chance to be the boogeyman for Alabama. And not just Alabama fans, SEC fans. I think they are, and they should be. Because if he can win 10 games at Ole Miss, 
what's he going to do at Auburn? I mean, you're looking at championship potential right now. Not saying he's going to, not even saying he's going to be the coach because we truly don't know. But that's where this seems to be going. And if he does come here, he has all the potential in the world. That's what we know. Lane Kiffin has all the potential in the world to be great at Auburn and make Auburn great. Doesn't mean he will. You got to come in and do the work. I thought that about the previous guy, and that didn't work out. So you got to come in and do the work. You got to buy in. Completely different. Well, I thought Harson could be a really good coach here, and I thought he had a lot of potential. Well, I didn't realize that like he had no concept of how the actual sport of college football. I agree. I agree. And so that's what the difference is. Lane Kiffin has proven it. Not just proven it, he's proven it in the SEC. Not just in the SEC, in the SEC West. And not just any SEC West school. He's doing it at Ole Miss, guys. Ole Miss. He's winning 10 games. Ole Miss is in a state of relevancy under Lane Kiffin that they have never been at this consistently. And maybe never will be again. I mean, I'll be nice to him. I'll say that they have a chance with... They can they can be talked about a lot if they hire a uh, certain guy who's coaching in Jackson, Mississippi right now. Yeah, and they they could be relevant. They could be relevant. I don't know again. if they're going to win at the same rate. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Who else is going to step in and win ten games consistently and keep Ole Miss in a top fifteen role every single year? I, I just don't know. Not saying it can't happen, but that's tough to do. It makes me laugh that like I saw some Ole Miss people talking about. Oh well. If we lose Lane Kiffin, we can, we can go pay $10, $11 million a year for a coach. At, at what point have you ever given the money that was remotely close to that? Auburn has. Auburn has that money. Auburn spends with the biggest in the conference. You don't. They, you might, don't they might have to start having to. They're going to have to start begging somebody. Maybe if you want sure. to, if, if Ole Miss wants to compete with Alabama, with Auburn, with LSU in this side of the conference, you're going to have to spend the money. That's where the game is now. But who's going to who's who's going to leave? Who are they going to entice? Who's in a good spot, stable, long term position to come to a place where they can only have a forty year contract? And that's the problem. Who are they going to get? That's the problem. We got to get to our first break here in hour number one. We'd love to hear from you. All the Lane Kiffin buzz, it has picked up tremendously here on this Monday and Tuesday of this week. When we come back, more Kiffin talk, more Auburn talk. We'll talk some games going on around college football that happened this past weekend. And later on in the show, we'll start previewing what's coming up on the next couple of days, especially Thanksgiving, which revolves around the Egg Bowl. We all know that. 334-321-1390. We'll be right back here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines on this Tuesday edition of On the Line 334-321-1390. Ed, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, uh, first off, uh, I just want to tell y'all happy holidays, uh, happy Thanksgiving. I yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you, Ed. You too, Ed. Yeah. I also want to uh, just uh, on the coaching thing, uh, you know, you got to feel sorry for Lane Kiffin and, and any of these coaches. And I, I had, I even had a Auburn, somebody Auburn uh, the last couple of days that said, you know, if Lane Kiffin's going to just jerk Auburn around, listen, he couldn't. Everybody knows nothing could be done until after the Egg Bowl. And as far as him making, you know, whatever he's 
says or whatever is being said. Now, if he if he did indeed go in there and tell his, you know, in a heart to heart with the team, hey, I will be here next year, then that that's totally different. But I, I, I'm not really sure about what happened. But y'all remember? Uh, I know y'all are old enough to remember when Nick Saban, you know, came from Miami. Yeah. Well, Ed, Ed, go, going back to, to you talking about this heart-to-heart meeting, I'm not sure he told his team he's staying yeah, for, for, for 2023. I, I, yeah, that, that, yeah that, that, that's kind of where I was. Kind of, yeah, we don't know what we said. I'm, I'm right. not exactly. with them. But, but, but I'm just kind of, you know, just kind of flowing along that line. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. y'all remember uh, several times that uh, Nick Saban came, and he he even got to the point of just getting nasty with the press. And no, yeah. I've told you, I've told you, I've, you know, I, I will not be the next coach at Alabama. You Ed, know, Ed I mean, Lane Lane made a, made a reference to that in his press conference yesterday, I and I thought that was funny. I did. I didn't. I, I I haven't yeah. seen everything. I've been kind of a little bit under the weather, but I get you. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm just saying that. Yeah. Uh, and and some people, I, I don't know. Some Auburn people, and and some it's not Auburn people. It's human nature. You know, we feel a little entitled. You know about this and that. And there's a lot of things that go into this. And I, I think that this. All we heard for years, every time Auburn had a coaching search, was you know, well, they didn't handle it professionally because everything just leaked out. And now that they're keeping it tight, people are complaining about, well, we can't find anything out. Right, right. Yeah, I think they're handling it fan great. I think they're doing a professional job. And I think uh, you talked with someone just a few minutes ago, and uh, we kind of laughed. Said, well, it, it. if he does turn us down, you know, we'll just go to Bruce Pearl and uh, see who he'd recommend. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Well, Ed, I'm with you, man. I think Auburn, it, Auburn's handling it really, really well. And I it's, think this is the best yeah. search that Auburn has ever run. Because And because nobody knows anything. Like, look, we sit here and talk about it. We talk about the fun of it. But we don't – nobody truly knows what is going on except President Roberts – and athletic director John Cohen, and that is how it should be. And and I would yeah. say I would say that the percentages absolutely favor Auburn getting Lane Kiffin right now with the way that this has played out to me. And and when have we ever seen Auburn the first name mentioned for the job, the the first name who is the leading candidate? When have we ever seen Auburn go wire to wire and potentially hire that person? It's never happened. It's never happened, and you know. It, and I don't blame Lane Kiffin at all. As a matter of fact, if he didn't have a little fun and joke around and play, you know, we've seen him play with the, you know, saying the other reporter was losing, leaving his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he doesn't, you know, you want somebody with a little bit of a, right. you know, right. about him. And, and if he, you know, he's just having fun with it. And, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll know soon enough. And That's right. Yeah, appreciate the call, Ed. You made, made some really, really good points. And to that point, Auburn just hired a dude that seemed very straightforward, super hard, we're going to work hard and all this, and that didn't work. So 
I like what Lane Kiffin's doing. Is it the most professional thing you've ever seen? No, but that's not who Lane Kiffin is. And to Ed's original point... He has a Twitter account that's a burner account for him, and everybody knows it, but it says it's his dog, and so he just trolls people on Twitter. And it gets featured on college game day. Like, this guy is a troll, and he does it, and he enjoys it. And to Ed's original point before we get out of here for the bottom of the hour, this is a... This is a weird situation. And like Ed said, human nature is everybody wants to know what's going on, right? Everybody wants to know who Auburn's going to hire. And with journalism nowadays and media, social media, everybody's trying to be that first person, right? That first person to report it, that first person to get it. But Lane Kiffin's in a weird spot because he's also trying to focus on his team and play in the Egg Bowl on Thursday. So it's a tough spot to be in right now. But that money's going to make it all okay. We got to get to a break. 30 minutes in to hour number one. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes in to hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Just to remind you of sort of the weekly schedule we've got going on with it being Thanksgiving on Thursday. Today will be... Uh, we have shows today, obviously. No shows tomorrow on Wednesday. No shows Thursday on Thanksgiving. But all three shows, the Max Roundtable, On the Line, and The Drive, we will all be live on Friday, same time, same place, talking about the Iron Bowl and the games coming up on Saturday. Who knows what other news we'll have to talk about on Friday. Of course, if Auburn decides to make a move on somebody, we'll talk about it then. If not, we'll talk about it whenever they make the move. But Friday, we'll for sure be talking about the Iron Bowl. Uh, so all three shows will be live here on ESPN 106.7 on Friday. So keep that in mind. No show Wednesday, Thursday, but a show on Friday. So keep that in mind. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. We'd love to hear from you about anything you want to talk about. The Lane Kiffin stuff on Twitter last night. Auburn's head coaching search in general. Auburn basketball that gets started tonight. We're going to get into some of the results from college football over this past Saturday uh, because there were some big results. There were some games that did not go the way we thought they would go and some college football playoff implications are at stake and were at stake on Saturday and and uh, a, sort of a shakeup kind of went down with the playoffs. So we'd love to hear from you on that as well. 334-321-1390. We'll start looking just kind of top to bottom a little bit. Georgia on the road at Kentucky. They win 16-6. to Ugly game. I mean, just ugly as can be. Georgia did not impress anybody in this football game. They win by 10, but it was 16-6. to Yeah, and Kentucky Kentucky had a chance to kick a field goal to cut it to a one-score game and shanked it about 30 yards left Yes, at one point there late in the game. Really, um, it's going to be a theme as you run through these games of, of teams letting inferior teams hang around and... I mean, we we saw it all week, all weekend long, and I mean, Georgia survived. Well, I mean, just look at the top five, right? Georgia beats Kentucky sixteen to six. Ohio State has to use a big second half and shut out Maryland in the third quarter to win that one, forty three to thirty. That one is not that is not a two score game. If you watch the ending of that game, you had Talia T- Tagovailoa. 
he was trying to make a play in the final seconds, and he's basically on his own goal line, and he goes to pass, and ball gets stripped, floating up in the air, caught in the end zone for uh, a fumble recovery touchdown for Ohio State to make that a 13-point game as time expires. Right. Maryland had them on the ropes in the fourth quarter. In Maryland fourth, scored 17 points in the fourth. They had all the all the momentum in the world. They were up or they were down 33-30 after just scoring a touchdown. Were looking like they were going to get the ball back with a chance to go down and take the lead and Ohio State found a way. They did find a way, and you look at, again, the number one team, they barely win. Number two team, they barely win. How about number three, Michigan? They win 19-17 to over Illinois. Not a pretty win there. TCU beats a decent Baylor team 29-28 on a crazy last-second field goal from TCU on a hustle play where the offense was on the field with 10 seconds to go. They didn't call timeout. They hustled everybody off the field. They brought the whole field goal unit on there, didn't call a timeout, didn't even walk his steps off, and the guy steps up there and knocks it through. TCU wins on a buzzer-beating field goal, 29-28. Did you skip Michigan? No, I already talked about it. You I were on the phone. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I, I didn't talk about it a ton. Another come-from-behind victory. Yeah. They, they kicked a field goal with like three minutes left. Mm-hmm and then we're able to get the ball back and go kick a field goal to win it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mentioned it while you were answering the phones, but yeah, Michigan 19-17, TCU, like I just TCU said, the walk-off winner. keeps getting away with this. They're not, they, a, they're not a playoff team. I'm just not, telling you right they're now. They're not even that good. They're not a playoff team. They're <laughs> watch, not. Watch. Iowa State is going to play them within a score and have a chance to win that game late, and TCU is going to find a way to win. Now, I will say there is something to say about teams that find ways to win games like this, right? There is something to be said about that, but TCU at some point, and unfortunately it may be the first round of the playoffs before they get exposed. Because if they go undefeated and they win the Big 12, you can't say anything to them. you got to put them in. So we'll see. Then the number five team. We'll talk about that, Tennessee, in just a second, though. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How y'all doing? Doing Doing great, Terry. Terry, How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, First of all, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys and your families. And uh, let me say this about Thanksgiving, guys. I'm thankful for you guys for putting up with people like me and giving us a voice. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate Appreciate that, Terry. We're thankful for uh, for all of our listeners and people that call in. Obviously, we've got our regulars calling in uh, almost every day and even people that call in for a one time. You know, we we really, really appreciate everybody and thankful for you guys. Appreciate it. Let me me ask you guys something. I, I, I think the Final Four is going to end up being Georgia. Ohio State, TCU, and USC. And let me explain to you why I've come to the, how I've come to this. Because I think the, uh, the the playoff people are desperate for big markets. And think about those five, those four schools I just named. In, in Georgia, you got Atlanta and pretty much the whole state of Georgia. Ohio State, you got Columbus and the whole state of Ohio. TCU got Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, all that big. USC, you got downtown Los Angeles and all of California. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you guys at all? Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And I think if I you mean, look at the situations of those teams, if they all went out, there's a really good if chance USC they get in. wins out, absolutely. But they have Notre Dame this weekend and then a Pac-12 championship game. They've got some landmines here left that they have to navigate through to get to that point. And I'm not sold on this USC team. What's going to be fascinating is can Clemson climb back into this conversation if they went out? Can the loser of Ohio State-Michigan stay ahead of a two-loss Alabama 
that's kind of lurking right now in this playoff picture. That's exactly why Dabo Sweeney is not even considering going anywhere because Clemson does have a chance to get back into it. Yeah. Now, it's got to ha- some things have got to happen, but they do have a chance to get back into it. I think the ACC stinks. It does. Oh, it does. <laughs> it's, it's the worst power I don't think it, this I, year by I, far. I know it, Terry. By far. And the Pac-12 isn't very good either. No. I think, hey, the Pac-12 is as strong as it's been in a long time this year. Now, now Carter and Jacob, isn't, the Pac- isn't Notre Dame a one-loss team as well? No, they are a three-loss team. Okay, three. I'm sorry. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Okay. I'm behind there. I just think, I just think the, 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 the business side of it, they want those big markets, and those are huge markets. When you get Atlanta and Dallas-Fort Worth and Los Angeles and Columbus and that, that, that says something right there. Oh, they, yeah. They feel the pressure right now because everybody wants to go to a – I think the four-team thing was ridiculous because how can you get four teams – and have the power five. That's that fair. No sense to me. To me, they were trying to copy at the final four in basketball. Not possible. Yeah, and I think there is something to that. And they were obviously trying to introduce a playoff system and start it small. And I think the reason they probably did that was you can start small and grow it from there rather than, Terry, if they had started with 12 and they realized, okay, maybe this is too much, then try to dwindle it down well, then you're going to make a lot of teams mad and a lot of schools mad because you were once bigger and now it's smaller and tougher to get in. Does that make sense? Yeah, to a degree. I, yeah, I agree. I don't disagree with you at all. I agree with you. But at the same time, why do you have the Final Four and the Power Five? Right. And I think, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to have a five-team playoff, though. It is. It is. So you could do you could do a six maybe with first. Are you going to let a G five team in or an extra? I mean, if you're going to let all all conference champions in, are you going to let a G five team or are you going to let whoever's the highest non division the highest? Whoever the highest. Okay. Yeah, I guess it would depend on the situation too, right? I mean, Cincinnati got in a couple years ago. Make a conference champion. You got to reward a conference champion. There's something to be said for that. I agree. I agree. And you know, we've we've had the comparison of football versus basketball, where a conference championship in football is huge because it's not a tournament; it's a season long thing. Which which brings brings up a question that I was talking to some people last night about: If Oregon wins the Pac-12, with with one of their losses being to number one Georgia in Week One. Is two loss Pac-12 champion Oregon? Is that enough to climb over Alabama? Two loss non-division winner, non-conference champion Alabama in the playoff rankings? No, I agree with you, but I—I yeah, I, I mean, they were a conference champion. They're back to my what I said. That, that's what that's how I would go down. Yeah. And now you see, might I see both of them in there. Quite honestly, I would make the argument that Oregon could make that jump. See, see, I like. I just don't think. The Pac-12 at no point in the college football playoff era has the Pac-12 demanded enough respect in the rankings to make that jump, I think, is going to be how it goes down. I think it's wrong, especially when you have this this perception right now, or the, the, the playoff committee says that they heavily weight conference championships, but I don't think they're going to push an or two-loss Oregon over Alabama in this instance. Very good point. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you think about it. I grew up in a time where, you know, I'm 56 years old, almost 56. And, and, and I grew up in a time where if you told me in the early 80s that Alabama could win the national title and couldn't win the West or their conference, I'd told you you're nuts. Right. But they right. did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And I think, you know, like Carter said, he used the word demanding. I don't think the Pac-12 has earned that respect in the college football playoff no, rankings. And that is that is why in this year of 2022, where they actually have some teams that are competing – 
I think people are looking at the Pac-12 of the past and are not giving them the respect that maybe they deserve this year. Haven't deserved it in the past, but they don't. Des- they maybe this deserve year, it this year. I'll, I'll be honest. This year, you have Oregon, you have Washington, you have Oregon State, who is playing really good football right now. You have uh, USC, UCLA, Utah. The Pac-12 hasn't been this deep and this good in a long, long, long time. Well, guys, last thing, uh, to address the elephant in the room, what is Jacob and Carter given the chances that Lane Kiffin is the coach at Auburn Friday? On Friday or just Lane Kiffin is the coach in general? That's Lane's a fair. coach in general. He's going to be head coach at Ole Miss regardless. I think, I think it's you. my personal opinion, because I think the actions of the last week and a half, the way that fan base has turned on him, mm. and even with the fact that he hasn't committed to Ole Miss today, he hasn't. After what happened last night, I think that there is a 90% chance, maybe higher, that he is Auburn's head coach in 2023. Don't y'all remember back when he was at Tennessee, all the Alabama fans were calling him Elaine Kiffin? Oh, yeah. And he got him. He was the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they wanted him bad. Terry, I put it on about 75% just, I, because, I it's 90. just because there is always an uncertainty. I don't see how he coaches the game Thursday, much less 2023. Well, I don't know. We'll talk about Hey, Terry, we got to get to another call, man. We appreciate it. it. Happy holidays to you as well. We appreciate the kind words at the beginning. Let's get to the phone lines again. 334-321-1390. Shane, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing good, man. What you got? Hey, man, I was just going to say, you got to let the Pac-12 champ in over a a two-loss SEC team this year. You can't go off of past years. That's true. I think that's the argument I'm making. Shane, Shane, I agree with you, but like I just for in my gut, I don't feel six ranked teams. I agree. High, high, high ranked teams. I I 100% agree, but in my gut, something tells me that this this college football playoff is you can't do that. I think Carter's saying the committee won't do it. I'm saying my my gut tells me the committee won't. I think the Pac-12 champion should absolutely get in, even if it's a two loss Oregon. That'd be horrible. If if the if the committee didn't didn't do that because of their gut or or, or some some weird reason, there, there is no reason that you could say that because because Alabama has two losses, uh, Oregon would have two losses. One would be the number one team in the country. Uh, the first game of the year with a new coach, knew everything, and they they went they rattled off all these wins. Hey, I'm not, I'm not an Oregon fan. I'm just saying, I I don't see how the, the an Alabama team. If if the the or if Oregon wins their conference title, then then they gotta go because then that means they would have beat you an undefeated or, or one loss uh, USC team, correct? Yeah, and at this point, I think with Oregon, not I, we have to remember they need some help, right? They need some help outside of them just winning their conference championship. It is, it is worth well, mentioning. Even yeah. if even if I thought that I thought that it was it was it was the conversation was who would be higher in the rankings. Alabama or Oregon. I don't know if, if Oregon has a chance to get in there because of we got Georgia, Ohio State, or Michigan, TCU, and then there's like three with three ahead of them. Agreed. So I don't know if I don't know if they'll actually make it into the into to the championship, you know, into the playoffs. Right. But they would be higher than Alabama in, in my opinion. Yeah, and so, I think they should be, Shane. I'm I'm so I'm there with you. The the reason yeah. why I have hes- hesitancy with this is because We've seen in 2017, 11 and one Alabama gets into the playoff, 
and they were two spots ahead of 12 and one Pac-12 champion Washington. And that's and that's the only reason why I have this just weird gut feeling that the committee, for whatever reason, may not push the Pac-12 champion ahead. I think they should. I will I will say that on the front end. But we've we've seen a precedent where they would push a an SEC team with the same lo- same amount of losses ahead of a Pac-12 champion. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. Uh... I don't know. Maybe they've maybe they've matured since then because that would be a, that would be. A, and you have had a couple of the members, you know, cycle in and out over the years yes. because they built it that way. So right. um, I I just think the Pac-12 has hurt themselves in the past where they didn't earn the respect then, but they do earn the respect this year because, like Carter said, there's some good teams playing in the Pac-12 this there's year. Good teams. Yeah, there are some good teams. I I actually have been watching Pac-12 football and right. you know this year because it's entertaining. I, you know, it's entertaining. So. Anyway, guys, that's uh, that's what I got. All right, man, we appreciate you. Yep, we appreciate you calling in. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Shane. We appreciate the call. Uh, let's get to a break. We'll get to the phone lines. We have another caller. We'll wrap up hour number one when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Wrapping up our number one, let's get to the phone lines. We got a couple of minutes. 334-321-1390. Dan, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey guys. Hey man. I'm just gonna continue. I'm just gonna continue with the, the last caller's uh, discussion. Um yeah, you look at Alabama this year, it's a different Alabama than we're used to seeing. They have been in a ton of close games, whereas they barely beat Texas and they barely beat Texas A&M at home. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they have the two losses already. You know, it's not like a, a team that's been just tearing up the schedule and then had a couple close calls. It's a team that is far from a typical Alabama Agreed. team. Yeah, no, I agree. So I don't know if you could sit there and say that, oh, they're better than, you know, the best team in the pack. Pac-12 or, or even another conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could really... Dan, I'll be honest with you. I think if Alabama and Oregon lined up next weekend on a mid on a neutral field somewhere... If Bo Nix is healthy, Oregon wins. If Bo Nix is healthy, I think they would give them a run. There's no doubt. And Oregon would have a chance to win. win. I think they straight up win. I will I will say that right now. Yeah. Yeah, and now, that... It, we, all basing, we, we all basing that on if Oregon wins their title game. The Pac-12 yes. has a title game, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but if USC wins, then they're in, right? Yeah, they uh, should be. Absolutely, because at that point, one of Ohio State and Michigan would fall behind USC. Tennessee's out. You had Clemson's too far down low to get, and their conference is too weak. Had UNC not lost to Georgia Tech this past week, they would have had more of an argument. But it's their Pac-12 or their 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 ACC championship game is a lot weaker. There's absolutely if if USC wins out, USC is in. Well, and then, and then, right, right now, even if uh, whoever loses between Michigan and Ohio State, they're only going to be a one-loss team. Are, are they going to drop below Alabama? I, I don't think they would. I don't think they would drop below Alabama, so. but I don't think they'd be in that top four just because uh, of the weak conference schedule. And if it's Michigan that loses, we've talked about this. Their non-con schedule's so bad. Michigan I don't think, and they haven't really looked good. Interesting conversation. Yeah, I think the lose. I think the loser is probably out, regardless. In my opinion, especially if somebody like USC wins out, if TCU wins out, and Georgia wins out, 
I think the loser of that Ohio State big or Ohio State Michigan game is out. Yeah, I really think for this year for Alabama to get in it, I think they're going to have to have some miracles go across the board. Oh I mean, yeah, they're going to have to have yes. some really timely losses all the way around because I don't know if they've shown enough to really be. You know, I mean, right now, who would you say is their big win? I guess you could say they beat Ole Miss. They beat Ole Miss, but how does that look now? They're they're eight and three and just got hammered by Arkansas. Yeah. So Alabama, when you look at their schedule, they don't have a good win. Sure, they beat Texas on the road, but Texas is an average team right now. What? Did they have four? Three or four? And uh, so yeah, no, Alabama is not a. Even if the even if the stars align and they make the playoffs on a miracle, Alabama's not a playoff team. Yeah, well, and you can even say. Okay, it was it was a tough loss against a great Tennessee team, but now how great's Tennessee? I mean, they just got smoked. Right, Carolina. right. That <laughs> loss that loss doesn't look as good anymore, man. Yeah, That's absolutely. absolutely right. Hey, man, we got to we're up against a break. We appreciate okay. the call, Dan. We appreciate hearing from you. Had great callers here in hour number one. No, I, I, I'm sticking with it, man. Ohio State, Michigan. It's going to be a great game on Saturday. But both of those teams are limping into this game because they have not looked good in the past couple of weeks. Neither one of them have, and oh, I think I think the winner is in because they're going to smoke whoever they play from the other side. And the loser's out. I think that's where we are. And it sucks, but that's where they are. Where I will push back. I will push back in the fact that I think we get into a really, really fun discussion if USC loses. Which is fair. Which is then fair. It's, then it's Clemson versus Ohio State-Michigan loser. Then you're choosing a Clemson conference champion or the loser, yeah, of Ohio State-Michigan. Wow. And That's who, an interesting conversation. Is going to be South Carolina because South Carolina's feeling it? Hell, I don't know. We got a whole lot more coming up in hour number two. Stay, stay with us. You don't want to miss it. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're all doing well on this Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. Couple of days before Thanksgiving, the best holiday of the year. Hope you're all doing well and got some great plans for Thanksgiving coming up in just a couple of days. Hour number one is officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two of the Tuesday edition of On the Line is underway here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of hour number one, it was a good one. Be sure to go and find the podcast. Uh, you can search search it at ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center and you can find it all right there. Commercial free right after the show today. So be sure you go and do that. Lots of great conversation uh, about Lane Kiffin and his Twitter antics last night. Lots of college football conversation (laughs) about the playoff and the games from this past weekend. It was a great first hour. We've got 
and then on the TV in the studio, we've got Dude, this is bad. some excuse, some, what some people may call basketball, but I don't. The Maui Invitational is going on right now. It's Feast Week in college basketball. Louisville might be the worst team in the country. They are really bad. It's Feast Week in college basketball. There's games all day, every day, from yesterday all the way through the weekend. Really, on starting last Saturday, all the way through this weekend. And we're watching Texas Tech do something dirty to Louisville right Louisville now. Louisville has 16 points with 13 minutes left in the game. In the game. It is bad. 49-18. to 18 is the score with 11.43. They scored 18, so give them a little credit there. (laughs) So it's really bad. But lots to talk about here in hour number two. We're about to get to the phone lines. At 3.30, we're going to talk with Trey Wallace. He covers the SEC for OutKick. He joins us every Tuesday here on the show. Really looking forward to what he has to say about the current stance of the SEC with Auburn's head coaching search, basketball, everything like that. So we're really, really excited to have him coming on at 3.30. But let's get to the phone lines. 3-3-4, 1390 Spectre, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey guys, you continue to amaze me. That's why I love talking to you guys. All yeah. right. Hey, uh, first of all, I want to wish y'all a happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving you, to you, you Spectre, and you and your family. All right, you too. And you'll hear again from me Friday, and I'll give you my analysis on the Iron Bowl. All right, but, all right. But first, but first of all. Um, Yesterday, you told me that Western Kentucky was a good football team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And today, you're telling me that the Texas Longhorns are just an average football team. We're, we're talking about different tiers of, of programs here. We're talking about a Big 12 Power 5 team with four losses. And we're talking about a G5 team that is going and playing Power 5 teams for their non-conference games. They're, I mean, it's different classes. There they're, they're different tiers to this. Now, I'm speaking of Western Kentucky in their own league, which has got the same record as Texas, Texas in their own league. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And, and look, I think if you were to put Texas and Western Kentucky on the Texas field right now, I think no, Texas no, would the, win. The expectations are also different at Texas. Texas should be not, competing for national championships. So this, I, in, not, with those expectations, this is a bad Texas team. I'm not comparing apples and oranges. I'm telling you, you're telling me that Western Kentucky is a good football team yep. in their own in their league, and you're telling me that Texas is just an average football team in their league. Yes. Uh, that's in because because again because it's Western too, Kentucky has a chance to win the conference championship. Texas does not. Well, still, I tell you what. What what is your scale for for uh, deciding what's good and what's bad? Is it like fair, poor, good, very good, and great? It is just objectively watching these teams play. And and to Carter's point, I think it, it has everything to do with that team, their situation, the conference, their opponents. I mean being a G five team is different. You're not going it's a lot harder to go undefeated and like because you're having to go play these by games. You're paying you're going to a team like, let's say, Texas. Western like a team like Western Kentucky will play a game like that every year. That's how, why you well, saw me, Western Kentucky at Auburn this year. Well, let me say this. Texas is sitting third between, let's say, let me say number, I think number four, TCU, and then it's number five, 15, Kansas State. Then it's Texas, and then number 22, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. That's, just an, that's just an average Texas team, though. 
I think because I mean they're seven and four. They're not going they're to play three in the conference. I mean they they also I mean they lost to Texas Tech. They lost to Oklahoma State. Well, I mean Oklahoma. they're they're one game up. But 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 if they lose against Baylor this weekend, then Baylor hops ahead of them. Then if if Oklahoma State wins, if Texas Tech wins, they all of them like Texas could finish seventh in this conference. Oklahoma, okay, Texas is overall seven and four. Five and three in the conference. Correct. Yes. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Texas un, unranked, by the way. Yes. Oklahoma. Oklahoma State number twenty-two. Seven and four overall. Four and four in the conference. Mm-hmm. So would you say Oklahoma State is just an average team? Yes. At, at number twenty-two in the nation. They are not number team. twenty-two of the country right now. Oklahoma State is right is now. not ranked in this week. I think they were last week, and then they they are not ranked. According to what I'm you, looking at right now, if you watch Oklahoma State at the beginning of the year and what they are now, they are an average team. Yeah, they you are could not say, very good, anymore. and you could say the same thing about Texas. When they played Alabama, that was a great Texas team that played, but they've sort of digressed. Oklahoma State has lost four of their last six. Okay, Baylor, Baylor sitting right below Oklahoma State. They're six and five overall. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 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 you would say they were below average. They are an, an average Big Ten team again. Big they 12. have lost or Big Twelve team. They have lost four. Maybe of their a little last below. Seven. Yes, maybe a little below because they're on the borderline of six and six. I mean, that's all right. Whatever, whatever fits the narrative, guys. It's I not guess. a narrative. I mean, it's look, it is. Hey, we, we got another phone call. We got to get to it, Specter. We appreciate you calling in. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. As Carter answers the phone lines again, uh, just talking about uh, college football, looking at continuing the conversation from uh, from what. Oh, we got another phone call. My bad. Okay. I got a little confused there. But uh, we'll get to the phone lines again in just a second. But just continuing the conversation from from the first hour, looking at the rankings, looking at the teams from over uh, this past weekend, the games from this past weekend, and sort of just trying to project what's going to happen in the college football playoff because – it seems like it's pretty straightforward right now, but this is college football. It's never that easy, right? If the best teams right now went out, sure, they're in, but that just never happens, right? It's never yeah. that easy in college football. Let's get back to the phone line. So 334-321-1390. Shane, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. I really was just calling so I didn't have to listen to Spectre anymore. Um, <laughs> it's just the same. I don't understand what – his beef with you guys is about about Western Kentucky. Um, <laughs> he keeps calling in, trying to trying to get you to change your perspective on it. It's, it's okay. Uh, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. It's and it's um, okay for us to have disagreements. Hey, Shane, we've had our disagreements yeah. too, brother. Right. <laughs> so and, and the thing is, both of y'all have said, in in your opinion, this part, this team is this, this team is that. That's that's your opinion. He could have a completely different opinion, and that's okay, okay, man. It's okay to have different Mm -hmm. opinions. That's what makes sports talk radio so fun. I also yeah, and 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 I also think that when you look at these teams, you got to look at the expectations for these teams when you when you talk about that. I mean, Texas Texas is a team that expects to win the Big Twelve that that expects to compete for national championships. And they're seven yeah. and four. Last year they didn't go to a bowl game. They have been bad to average over the last several several years. Western Kentucky's not. They're not a team right now that you're going to say, "Hey, they're going to go undefeated and be in the conversation for the college football playoff well, out of the Conference USA." And, and in that same token, you know those teams that have high expectations and fall short of that, 
versus the teams that don't have the, they know they're never going to reach you know the the peak but they're fighting and they're and they're scrappier i think that they play harder to, to be to my in my opinion towards the end of the season a 75 texas who should have done this and that i don't think that their heart is in it anymore i think that they are not going to play as hard at uh, versus a team that they lost a few games to some good teams out of their conference mm-hmm. for money and, and 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 so they're not they're not laying down and dying. They're they're trying to prove something, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And but and they're with, not just this little team. Yeah, and with Texas's season being in the books, I mean, yeah, they're gonna go play in a bowl game, but the most wins they're gonna have in the regular season is eight, so they'll get to a decent bowl game, right? Not gonna be a New yeah. Year's six, yeah. but they're not going and playing so for a championship. But you're right, a team like Western Kentucky or another team like them who has a conference championship to play for and they have a chance to go into, let's take Auburn, for example, where they thought, and I guarantee you, Western Kentucky came into the Auburn game thinking, we have a legitimate chance to win because you just didn't know what you were going to get from Auburn. And yeah. in the first half, they competed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have the show, guys. Keep it up. Yeah, we where appreciate the call, Shane. Yeah, we appreciate the call calling in. 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you as well. I mean, like, when you look at these two teams, one, it's dumb right now to compare somebody in Conference USA to to the Big 12. I'm just going to call it like it is. Conference USA is is a G5 G5 conference, probably in the lower tiers of that, but in their own conference... They're tied for second right now. It, yeah, and when you when you classify team and take out the specific ones, when you classify the team, when you watch them on the field, right, it, the eye test, right? We talk about that in basketball constantly with the NCAA tournament. Same thing with football. When you talk about the eye test, how does the team look on the field? When I was watching Western Kentucky, especially in the first half on Saturday, they looked like a good football team. Same thing with Texas in week two against Alabama. That wasn't a good Texas team. That was a great Texas team that played against Alabama. That was a great Quinn Ewers that played against Alabama. He hasn't been that same since. He's had some injuries, I get it, but Texas has not been that. So yes, I think Texas is average, maybe slightly above average if they're able to beat Baylor, win a bowl game. Sure, they get nine wins. That's a solid year, I'll give you that. But I just don't think right now, if you put Texas up against anybody in the SEC, they're going to lose the majority of those games. Yeah, and and when you look in Conference USA right now. We're going to find out. With this this Western Kentucky team, they only have two conference losses, and those have come to UTSA, who's undefeated in conference play, who is a legitimately really good G5 team. Really good G5 program from last year and this year. And North Texas, who they are currently tied with for second place. North, Te- North Texas has the tiebreaker, and but they all have one game left. So it, they very well could find their way into the conference championship game. They are at the in the top tier of that conference right now. Right, and so that's sort of, again, that's just sort of where we're coming from. But getting into some more of the results from over the weekend this past Saturday that play into this week around college football because it's rivalry week. This is the best week of college football that you can ask for because you get all the big games, all the big names playing the teams that they hate the absolute most. And when you look at, again, some of these results, we got through the top four on this past Saturday We mentioned the Tennessee game, but we haven't gotten to it yet. 
How bad was that? How bad was that? South Carolina, 63. Tennessee, 38. South Carolina scored so many points against the Volunteers, they ran out of celebratory fireworks at the stadium. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Spencer Rattler, who's been pretty average all year, he has all the arm talent in the world. He just hasn't been able to put it together mentally and all that to this point. He goes 30 for 37 for 438 yards and six touchdowns against Tennessee. That is the Spencer Rattler South Carolina thought they were getting when he transferred there. Right? I mean, if he puts together a performance like that against uh, Clemson, South Carolina's going to be in that game now. Now, Clemson's defense is better than Tennessee's defense. I think we can all agree on that. And we knew about this Tennessee team. While they were extremely good, and at one point, they were the number one team in the country, they were playing like the number one team in the country, we knew what the weakness and the strength of this Tennessee team was. Their offense was great. Hendon Hooker and Hyatt fantastic Tennessee's offense is good we knew the defense was bad we didn't know it was this bad they played like it on Saturday in South Carolina they gave up 63 points to South Carolina Tennessee scored 38 the offense did their job the defense couldn't stop their, anybody their season is over but it's over and hooker towards ACL yep. now yep now they got the uh sleeping giant that has slowly started to wake up here in the last couple of weeks, Vanderbilt. Uh-oh. Does <laughs> Vanderbilt pick up their third straight SEC win? I don't if know. If that happens, like, Nashville would burn to the ground in nope. excitement. They would just go crazy. Absolutely not. That's just not true. I don't know if you saw them rush the field this past week. This it is was, a whole different situation. It was a slow trickle of fans Single down file. the stairs. And they got fined $250,000 because of it. Because yeah. they got charged for storming the court in basketball a couple years ago. So, no, I, I joke about Nashville burning down. But Vanderbilt fans would be just ecstatic if they were able to beat Tennessee this weekend. But let's be honest. So you're, it's Joe Milton starting for Tennessee. It's, it's the, the <laughs> a Vanderbilt team that uh, is 5-6. and six. It's a Tennessee team that's 9-2. and two, Nothing really to play for anymore. Vanderbilt has ball eligibility on the brain here. I think it could get really fun. It could get really, really fun. And unfortunately for Tennessee, like you said, not only is their college football playoff hopes pretty much dashed, Hendon Hooker tears his ACL. And you don't want to see that with anybody, but this kid is so good, man. He's so good. He's so good that he's still going to be a high NFL draft pick. Yeah, and that shows how good of a season he had, how good Tennessee was this year. Um, They're going to be in a bowl game, but he's not going to play, so it's not the same level of what this Tennessee team is. But that's a game against South Carolina, man. You just can't do that. Like If you're this good, a top-five Tennessee team – and you go on the road to South Carolina, who is now 7-4, and four, by the way, you can't give up 63 points on defense, man. Your playoff hopes are dashed. Your quarterback is out for the year now. You just hate to see it for Hendon Hooker and Tennessee. LSU beats UAB. USC beats UCLA in the Pac-12. We've talked about USC a lot today, talking about the college football playoff. That's a big win for USC. Lots of points. We knew there wouldn't be a lick of defense in this football game. USC gets it done 48-45. Their playoff hope's still alive. Oh, absolutely. And they've... It was scary for a little bit there. And uh, if UCLA didn't start turning the ball over like crazy... DTR is making some really bad decisions with the football. UCLA, I think, would have won the game. Probably should have won the game. 
But, you know, Caleb Williams is really good. 470 yards passing in the game. Just phenomenal. Jordan Addison, 11 receptions, 178 yards for your reigning Bolitnikoff winner. Now he's been banged up a little bit this year. Also, I have I just have to mention this. They keep showing um, the Louisville fans behind Danny Manning, and they look so sad and so badly like they don't want to be there. Update, it's 58-22 to 22 with six and a half minutes to go in a basketball game. That's not really good. By the way, we talked about the total in this USC-UCLA game, how it was set at an astronomical 77 like, and a yeah. half. Yeah, they hit they smashed it. it. They scored 93. So, it. so points galore out in the Pac-12. I was not worried about it at all. No, and USC... Which, is, which, which worries me when we see this USC team all of a sudden run into a Notre Dame team with a good defense. Yeah, this is a big game for USC this weekend because like rivalry we've talked game. about, rivalry game, Notre Dame, their playoff hopes hang in the balance. They've got to win two more. If they went out, they're in. But uh, I just don't... My confidence in USC is not extremely high. Doesn't mean they won't do it. I could be completely wrong, right? But they've got to prove it to me. They've got to prove it to the college football playoff committee. Those guys are a little bit more important. So they're, they're, they've got to prove it to everybody. They're playing for the uh, Shillelagh Trophy. There's, I didn't know it was called that. Yeah, it's this like, uh, if I recall, and I, I purely know this because of NCAA football. It's like a weird like staff thing. Speaking of NCAA like football. A, like a cane. Almost. Did you see that announcement? That's yes. depressing. They're pushing the game back to 2024. I mean, I had my hopes. I'll just be excited when it's here. If it ever gets I'm not here, be upset. if it ever gets here, it was supposed to come out, and now they pushed it back to 2024. That's upsetting. We're still having to play an eight-year-old video game, but it is what it is. You do what you got to do. We got to get to our first break here in hour number two. We'd love to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll talk a little basketball when we come back. Before we welcome in Trey Wallace who covers the SEC for OutKick at 3.30. All that coming up here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back here inside the studio at ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Louisville cracked 30 points. Dang, I really didn't think they were going to. <laughs> they were at 20 like two minutes ago. They've gotten hot. They've gotten hot. Watch Don't out. Don't let the Cardinals get hot. Well, the bad part is Texas Tech's only scored 58, so yeah. their offense is not impressive at all. Yeah. No. I mean, that's... This, this is a bad basketball This game. is a really bad basketball game. But speaking of college basketball, besides this abysmal game we've got going on in the Maui Gym Invitational, Auburn gets going tonight in the Cancun Challenge. They play Bradley at 5 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, so looking forward to that. Favorites? In 12 game? and a half. Yeah, so not as much as you would think over a team. I don't know a lot about Bradley, no. I'll be honest, but Auburn's 12 and a half point favorites I think Bradley's tonight. been to the tournament yeah. here recently. Yeah, they've been a couple of times. I mean, they're they're one of those teams in the MVC that, I mean, you don't keep up with them unless your team's playing them, right? They've got to win over, uh, who is that, Wisconsin Parkside? So the Wisconsin Parkside Rangers is who they have a win over in their first game. So take that for what it is. They lost to Utah State. They beat Eastern Michigan, and they beat Southeast Missouri State. So they've got a pretty big challenge with number 13 Auburn tonight in game one of the Cancun Challenge. 
down in the it's the Hard Rock or it's at the Hard Rock Hotel Riviera Maya in Cancun, Mexico. So Bradley made the NCAA tournament in 2019. 2019. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought they had made it recently. I didn't know what year, but did they move conferences? They won their conference tournament in 2020, but did not play for a. Is that? Wait a minute. Is this the team? Is this the one of those teams is, that moved over, won their championship, but because of the dumb rule that you can't go to the tournament? in your first two or three years of a new conference that that you can't go are they one of those teams that got that got caught up in that rule i think they may have been. they may have been that's that's i hate that rule it's so bad stupid it is so stupid but yes auburn gets going tonight in cancun they play bradley again five o'clock on the cbs sports network so that should be fun uh i think auburn will probably cover in that game auburn is we've talked about it a little bit they are the biggest name in cancun by a lot um they are the heavy favorites to win this thing there's nobody else even ranked in the tournament but it's one of the smaller feast week tournaments but it's good for auburn to get down there play some different teams before coming home they've got a game on Sunday so excited to watch Auburn play tonight there's some big games in college basketball tonight and this week number 10 Creighton number nine Arkansas tonight seven o'clock on ESPN Creighton favored by a point and a half that's a really really good Blue Jays team they are really really good just really well coached Arkansas is good we know the amount of talent the Razorbacks have uh, that they had came in and Arkansas is good. I don't know how long it's going to take them to put it all together, but when they do, you better watch out for the well, Razorbacks. Their win last night looked significantly less impressive. Yeah, it, today. that had nothing to do with Arkansas and everything to do uh, with how bad Louisville is. And then after that, you've got another top 20 matchup. Number 17, San Diego State. Number 14, Arizona. Yeah. Did you, wait, did you uh, mention the other side of the Cancun Challenge? No. I didn't. You can, though. Liberty versus Nor- Northwestern. hey Northwestern's only a three-point favorite in the game. Do they win tonight? I think so. I think their their defense is really, really good, and when they get really hot from three, they're hard to beat. That's fair. If Boo Booey goes nuts like he did in the last game, he will. they will roll. His name is Boo Booey? Yep. That is awesome. Boo Booey. That is fantastic. I love that. He, he went for. I love he, it. He went for twenty eight in the last game. Good for him. That's awesome. And if they win tonight and Auburn wins tonight, they'll play each other. Fun fact: They are twelfth in the country in field goal percentage defense. They hold opponents to thirty three percent from the field. That's actually really impressive. It's yep. through a few games, but that's still really impressive. So yes, mm-hmm. Northwestern is in the mix in the Cancun Challenge. I did if, not give them their Auburn proper and shout. Northwestern out. win, they play for the championship. I'm really sorry for Northwestern, man. <laughs> Look, Auburn, again, Auburn will be a heavy favorite in pretty much all of those games that they play in Cancun, uh, but excited for them to get down there and play some of those games. You look at what's coming up the rest of the week. Butler, Tennessee tomorrow. I think that's an exciting game. Thursday, you've got some great college basketball. Obviously, there will be NFL action. Uh, you've got UConn in Oregon, Purdue, West Virginia. How about this one? 9.30 on ESPN Thanksgiving night. Number 18, Alabama. Number 12, Michigan State. We talked to Joey Blackwell about this a little bit yesterday that's a really really good game yeah absolutely and then also on Wednesday you have NC State in Kansas oh yeah yeah you're right bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis the battle for I Atlantis just, I just wanted to say the, the full name of that yeah that's okay you've got Iowa Clemson on Friday nothing crazy on Friday um Saturday and then Sunday all of these tournaments sort of wrap up Auburn is back at home on Sunday they will play St. Louis that's a sneaky game for Auburn basketball and after the game basketball begins on Sunday with you and Jack Hutton so that'll be exciting as well 
Bottom of the hour break, we'll have Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC for OutKick. He'll join us when we come back. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Let's get to Trey Wallace quickly. He's got to get out of here in a few minutes. Uh, we appreciate your time, Trey, coming on and talking to us about all things SEC. Hope everything is going well. Happy Thanksgiving week to you, my friend. And uh, start off with getting your thoughts on the results around the SEC in college football this past weekend. Hey guys, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for having me on. Good to be back home in the state of Alabama. And, uh, yeah, what a, what a crazy weekend it was. Um, just, just overall, you know, you, you look at the games that were blowouts, Tennessee just getting destroyed by South Carolina. <laughs> Did not see that coming. A good for Spencer Rattler and Shane Beamer. Um, you know, just played a bad game. You look in, you look at Fayetteville. You know, Arkansas beating up on Ole Miss. I think a lot of that has to do with the distractions that are going on right now in Oxford with Lane Kiffin. Um, and I, I, I just have to say, I think overall, you know, as dreadful as a weekend it kind of was with other teams. I mean, how about those Vanderbilt Commodores beating Florida? <laughs> what a, what a, what a nice win for them! Two SEC wins in a row, and they come against Kentucky and Florida. So, credit to Clark Lee and his staff in Nashville. So you mentioned the the distractions in Oxford. So let's just get right into yep. it. The Auburn coaching search. What are you making of the uh, mess that is right now, Auburn and Lane Kiffin and everything that goes in, into that? You know, as we sit here on a Tuesday, I am talking just with numerous people over the last three weeks about this. I, I, I. I, I Please don't take this to the message boards as a prediction or as me for reporting it. <laughs> but I, I believe, I think, that Lane Kiffin is going to be the next head football coach at all. Um, I think that last night, whatever you want to call that <laughs> that happened last night, um, was Lane being caught off guard by that. Um I just look, and, and Auburn has not made a formal offer to Lane Kiffin. But let me reiterate something: just because there's technically no formal offer, does not mean Jimmy Sexton and Lane Kiffin do not know the parameters of the contract, and they pretty much, let's just say, maybe agreed to those parameters of a contract. They're just we get caught up in semantics nowadays, and you know, in, in words and wording and, and how it's phrased. Uh, you know, Auburn and Lane Kiffin and Jimmy Sexton, they've been talking. And it, it is it is my opinion, as of right now on a Tuesday, anything can happen in the next 24 or 48 hours. But it just it feels like it's leaning towards Lane Kiffin's going to be the coach uh, come, you know, probably end of the week. And uh, I told you guys last week, I was like, Auburn's going to have a coach in place the time I come on the air. I uh, I think they've got a coach in place. We'll see if they can fend off a last-second uh, little eruption from, from, from Ole Miss, but uh, it, it's trending that way, guys. 
So, Trey, what you're telling me is technically you were not wrong last week. No, I was not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Look, okay, look, I'm not reporting it, but somebody else did. (laughs) Yes. I hit the the seven-day marker of when y'all would have a new head coach. So, Thank you to John Sackoff in, uh, in Mississippi for doing that. That's right, man. You may want to send him a Thanksgiving card or something. Talking to Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC for OutKick. He joins us every Tuesday here on the show. This Thursday, Thanksgiving night, it is the Egg Bowl. Of course, a lot of Auburn fans will be watching because of the Lane Kiffin drama that's been happening. But outside of that, this should be a really good football game. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Thanksgiving night. Who do you got? I'm excited for it. I think Mississippi State wins this game. I think Will Rogers comes out, throws the ball around. Um, I just, I got this feeling that Mike Leach is going to try to, you know, put the hammer down on on Kiffin. I just, they did not look like a well prepared team last week in Fayetteville. Ole Miss didn't. I don't know how, with all these distractions, without Ole Miss players saying "screw it," we're playing for ourselves. We're going to go out here and we're going to do this. We're going to win this game. We don't care what coach is doing next year. That's the only way that I see Ole Miss handling everything that's going on in the social media world, the coaching world. Um, but either way, I, I think I would have picked Mississippi State anyways just because I, I really like what Will Rogers is doing right now. Mm-hmm. I think State's got a good defense. So kind of quickly getting into the other big – Rivalry that centers around Auburn and Alabama, the Iron Bowl. What are your thoughts about that game? Auburn going on the road with Cadillac and company. I think this game goes into the fourth quarter. Now, you know, I I say that as in I think Auburn's within 10 heading into the fourth quarter. I think this is a team that's motivated. I think this is a team that would love to send Cadillac, Cornell Williams uh, out with an Iron Bowl win. Don't think it's going to happen. But I think you're going to see a very, very upbeat bunch that's going to just bring every ounce that they have to this football game. Um, I, I think that you know there are ways that Auburn can can fool around with Alabama's defense. I think there are ways that they can run the football on Alabama. In the end, I think the tie gets it done. But I think this will be a nice showing from Auburn. They're, they're not going to walk into that stadium and get blown out by Alabama. That's my prediction. Well, you just gained a lot of fans in Auburn. I think I think I can speak for a lot of them on that statement, Trey. Trey Wallace, he covers the SEC for Outkick. Man, we appreciate you. We know you got to go. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and all your great work as the football season's wrapping up. Man, thank you so much, guys. You can follow me at Trey Wallace underscore on Twitter. Follow all my work at Outkick.com. Uh, we're, we're handling this, this Kiffin, Auburn, whatever is going on, search, and uh, we'll have the latest news for you whenever it does drop. But I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving, all your listeners, and thank you so much for having me. Yep, happy appreciate Thanksgiving it, to you, Trey. We appreciate it, man. That is Trey Wallace. He covers the SEC for OutKick. Again, happy Thanksgiving to him and his family. Uh, he had he had something come up. He had to dip out. We were thankful to get the few minutes that we had with yep. him. What were your thoughts on uh, on what he had to say? I thought it was it was interesting how confident he was in Mississippi State. Uh, I feel like he was very confident. Yeah, I, I love that because I tend to agree with him, and I've and I've told you and I have talked about it. The the reasons that I feel that I think that this this Mississippi State team is going to be playing with 
something extra, an edge in this rivalry game. And I just don't know where Ole Miss is, their heads are going to be at mentally going into this game. There's If it dis- was considered a distraction last week, it's gotten so much noisier and so much louder this week. You have people in the media in Mississippi reporting Lane Kiffin is going to step down and take the Auburn job, which he's now had to fight back against because he does have to coach a game on on uh, Thursday night. But it's also, what is that environment going to be like? They have to do the Walk of Champions through their fans. What is that going to be? Lane Kiffin just surrounded with police officers. Because yes. they're threatening to throw mustard bottles at him. Yeah. I, I, this, this, <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's going to be so wild to see that atmosphere. And <laughs> the only thing that I think could possibly uh, calm the uh, masses on that one is if he does sign that extension either today or tomorrow. Yeah, and I think that's the only way that Ole Miss fans would accept him back with everything that has he happened. still have to do some masterful PR mm-hmm. to, Which to win everybody back. We know he is fully capable of. He is. I, I, just, I don't see it. I'd like, frankly... He's in such a difficult position right now. I find it fascinating how he's going to coach this game at all on Thursday. I think he coaches. I don't think there's no, no. I think he's, I think he's going to coach, but I don't know how we get to that point. Right. It was like Trey just told us the only way that Ole Miss competes in this game is if they just say, "Screw the outside noise. Let's just come together as as Ole Miss football players and let's try to win this thing against our rival." I mean, and I'm kind of with him. I mean, I just don't know. You can say that you block out the noise and that it doesn't affect your practice schedule and affect your off-field stuff throughout this week, but on a short week playing on Thursday and all of this going down Monday, Tuesday, it's going to affect you one way or the other. You just, It's human nature. You can't help it. And chances are it's not going to affect you in a positive way. <laughs> the chances, I would say, they, like you know it's going to affect this team in some capacity. And I would be pretty heavy on the side that it's going to have a negative impact on this whole oh yeah and and mississippi state's going to smell blood in the water now whether they do something about it we're going to find out thanksgiving night but i think they've got a really good chance to do something about it so that was interesting uh trey wallace again just got off the phone with him uh he had uh something come up so we weren't able to get uh, as long as we normally do but we do really really appreciate him taking a few minutes and talking to us about the egg bowl and about the iron bowl he said that this will be a four-quarter ball game doesn't believe auburn wins but he no. thinks auburn's going to put up a fight in tuscaloosa yeah and and i agree I yeah mean, we I haven't think, talked much about it ourselves we will auburn on friday has Every reason to fight in this game. Every reason possible. And Alabama, I think tonight might be the moment that things fall into place for Alabama where it's, they realize, oh, we don't have a chance at the playoff. And we know we're not playing for an SEC title game. And where and not to the same degree as Ole Miss, but where, where are their heads at? in this game on Saturday. Yeah, and again, we haven't really talked a whole lot about it. We will more on Friday. Of course, no shows tomorrow. Just kind of an update on what's happening here on ESPN 106.7. No shows tomorrow. Max Roundtable on the line, the drive. No shows tomorrow on Wednesday. No shows on Thursday for Thanksgiving, obviously. We will all be live on Friday talking about this Iron Bowl coming up in Tuscaloosa. And to sort of start getting into that a little bit, that is the big question for me is where is the motivation for this Alabama team? Because it's been quite some time where they're coming into the Iron Bowl and they don't have anything else to play for. 
I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, it's been a it's been a while since we've seen this sort of situation for Alabama, where if they win or lose, doesn't really matter. I mean, the only thing that I you can really compare it to, I mean, even nineteen, they kind of had something to play for, Mm -hmm. did they not? And and I know Mac Jones was in that game, and Auburn went won the game and pushed them into what, what they went to the Citrus Bowl or something like that, like, and they played Michigan and beat the brakes off them or something like that. But, right. but this is foreign territory for just about everybody on that roster and just about everybody on that staff. Also, I mean, with with the rumors surrounding that staff and the fact that they're going to go through unprecedented turnover, where where is the staff at? Right, right. Like, like where is everybody in, in that program at mentally coming into this game? That is what is so different I think about this year's Iron Bowl versus past Iron Bowls where obviously last year Alabama was massive favorites and Auburn hung around in four overtimes right this year it doesn't feel like it's about just the quality of the athletes on the team it it seems like there is a lot of mental things going into this game like you talked about the Alabama sideline with Auburn they have nothing to lose and everything to play for. They win. Not only do they beat Alabama, they go to a bowl game, 100% go to a bowl game, right? Cadillac goes out on top as the perfect bridge from one era to the next. I mean, Auburn fans and this Auburn team, they are going to be motivated, ready to go in Tuscaloosa. You you have no idea. You would think they would be ready. It's Nick Saban. Let's so, not overlook that. So, Joey, when we talked to him yesterday, he said that Alabama fans are putting more stock in the Iron Bowl than they typically do, and I just... I have not seen that. I'm not sure that I... like, And it could be just we are not boots on the ground in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> right, right. But I have a hard time believing that. The because, question would be why. We've, we've seen in the past when, when seasons turn bad and i put that in air quotes because they have two losses yeah terrible but um when, when seasons when they get knocked out of of sec contention out of college football playoff contention the fan base kind of checks out so let me ask them let's sort of talk about that for a second why would alabama fans put more into this iron bowl than the past i mean what what do they have besides the obvious bragging rights of the iron bowl is it to beat Cadillac Williams, the former player who burned them in the Iron Bowl? I mean, that's got to play into it a little bit, maybe. Is it? Is it? Does the Lane Kiffin sweepstakes impact their their ability to care about this game at all? Is is the idea of Lane Kiffin being the head coach at Auburn? Does it force them to be a little more bought in for for this game for some reason? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'm interested to see how the crowd reacts, how the crowd shows up for the Iron Bowl on Saturday. I expect Bryant Denny to be loud and full, but it is interesting that Joey Blackwell of Bama Central made that comment yesterday because uh, unless there's something obvious I mean, that we're I've missing, seen out the Alabama fans that I do, the the people that I do follow on Twitter, I mean, the mindset has almost been like. All right, we're on to basketball season. Yeah, of. and I mean, my, my friends that I have that are Alabama fans are, and obviously they care because it's the Iron Bowl. They're excited because it's the Iron Bowl, but there's not, it feels like on the Alabama side, they're missing that intensity because this isn't a game that they have to win. Because in years past, this is a game where not only do you want to beat Auburn, and sure, you have to beat Auburn as an Alabama fan player, whatever, but they had to beat Auburn to get somewhere, to do something in the coming weeks. Yep. That's not the case here. And yep. maybe that makes it even better. I don't know how you top some of the games we've seen over the past 10 years or so, 
but you just never know what you're going to get. And that's what makes this really interesting on Saturday. 100%. 100%. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this a lot more on Friday, of course. Let's get to our final break. We'll wrap up the Tuesday edition of the show. If you want to join us, we'd love to hear from you. 334 321 1390. Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of the show when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Should we uh, hit the news that we we came ac- we stumbled across during the last break? Let them have it, man. Auburn tight end and wide receiver Landon King has withdrawn his name from the transfer portal. And where'd you? who's that from? Matt Zenitz of On3 Sports. Well, there you go. So Landon King, of course, had entered his name into the portal. Uh, that does not mean you can't come back. And, and here we are. proves everything we said about Landon King. It was a Harson issue, not an Auburn issue. And he loves Auburn. And he wants to play at Auburn. He wants to stay at Auburn. Which and is good what, for Landon King. Which is what we were under the assumption of. Yes, this was a Brian Harson issue from start to finish. Start to finish. I think, I mean, I've, I've heard things that there was promises of being used certain ways if, if he lost weight and kind of became more of a receiver body, and then that just never turned out to be the case. It never turned out to, to come to fruition despite what he had done, and that's how you you end up in a position where he gets tired of playing for Brian Harson and he enters the transfer portal. Yeah. Well, here he is now on on uh, what's the date? It's the twenty second. He's exiting the transfer portal after three weeks. Here's another transfer update from on three about fifteen minutes ago. Alabama's running back Trey Sanders has entered the transfer portal as well. Fascinating. He's. He's had so many injuries in his career, has he not? I mean, yeah. he's just been he's yeah. been banged up nonstop. Reported uh, by Matt Zinnett, same guy. Yes, and it's just it's been a a tough tough career for the former five star running back. But uh, Landon coming back, I think that will excite a lot of the Auburn fan base because he's one of the most beloved players on the roster. Yeah, and, and people he's good. just wanted to see more of him. And we but, were so confused on why you didn't see him more. Yeah, he made he made the best catch he's had all year, and um, or the best catch to that point in the season in the Penn State game that any Auburn receiver had had. And then poof, he was gone. It's like he never actually existed. Right. Again, he was one of those one of those many 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 players on this Auburn roster that. We talked about in the spring. We talked about in the summer. We talked about in the fall. Who got love coming out of the fall? And then once the game started, you were like, hey, where is this guy? Why is he not playing? We heard a lot about him. Where in the world is he he at? He was the star of the spring. Yeah. And then he never got on the field. We saw that so many times under Brian Harson, And I think it all goes back to the stubbornness. That is the word. The stubbornness. Because he had the group that he wanted to play. And by golly, they were going to be it. Win or lose, he was sticking with those guys. So credit to him for that, I guess. You know what would be hysterical? I don't know where he stands on as, on getting a red shirt this year, but if he went and, if he showed up in Tuscaloosa, dressed out and balled out in Tuscaloosa against Alabama, 
It'd be the ultimate, the ultimate um, final send-off for Brian Harson. Yeah, I, I wonder if he'll make any sort of comment about why he entered if they get the chance to ask him i doubt it i really highly doubt that he's going to come out and say yeah it was a brian harson thing i I doubt he's he's straight up says that but i think you can kind of pick up the pieces here and put it all together and realize it was a coaching issue it was a former regime issue because we saw a lot of guys get fired with brian harson so Obviously, he didn't like what was happening at the time. I mean, if you, and now that if that group see, is gone, if you see Chick Dawson and some of the other players that are in the portal start pulling their names out of the portal, it would be um, telling. Yes, which is good about the portal. I like that you have that option, right? I like that you can put your name in, see what's out there, but if you ultimately look at everything and decide, you know, one of two things: a I just didn't find anything that's better than where I'm at. I'm going to come back. Fine. Or if you get in there and you change your mind, you say, you know what? I think I'm going to give this place another chance. I want to come back. I think that's great about the transfer portal. And Landon King is one of those players using it to his advantage. We got some breaking news right at the buzzer. I loved it, man. No show tomorrow. No show Thursday. We'll be back here on Friday, 2 to 4 on ESPN 106.7, previewing the Iron Bowl. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.